T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Bends at the knees, puts it up. No good. They missed it. They got the offensive rebound. Kicked it out the force. Fires. Good! Flores ties the game with 12 seconds to go. 66-66. Here comes Wong. Miami has the ball. They're jumping up and down. Wong with six seconds to play. Wong's going to try to win it for Miami. Wong drives in, puts it up. Good! Isaiah Wong with seven-tenths of a second remaining. Puts it in. 68-66 Miami. Timeout FAU. And the Hurricanes win it on the road. Against FAU, welcome back to the show. Joe Zagacki, Don Bailey Jr. A little excitement last night on the campus of FAU. The Canes uh, led all the way. Never trailed in the game. Joining us now, University of Miami head coach Jim Laranega. Coach Joe, good evening. How are you? Hi, Joe. I just listened to your broadcast of the last uh, uh, 12 to 14 seconds with them hitting the three and then Isaiah hitting the game winner. So that was nice. Yeah, a little, little, uh, little closer than anticipated. Uh, you led all the way with about eight minutes to go. You're up 14. Lots of times that's when you want to go from 14 to 20. But uh, what did they do to kind of clamp down on your offense? Well, it, it, was, it was more about, uh, you know, how hard they started playing. I, I thought going into the game, uh, that the most important thing is we had to improve our defense and our rebounding because we were not able to stop Central Florida at all, and they killed us on the backboards. So I think our guys were very focused um, with our defense and our rebounding in the first half, and we held them to 20 points and had a nice double-digit lead at halftime. But they made some adjustments, and I think our guys let up a little bit, and and they were able to get things going offensively. And then uh, their defense, as they scored more, their defense improved. And uh, the best way that we could score was drive the ball to the basket and get fouled. And and, uh, we made 30 out of 38 free throws. So that was probably the best thing we did all night. Coach Don Bailey here. Hey, first of all, I have to tell you, uh, my wife Priscilla said that she absolutely loved listening to the podcast that you did with Josh Darrow, and has actually listened to it twice. She said you 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 you, you enlightened her with a lot of wisdom. So I I, I want you to know you got a a fan out there that uh, that really enjoyed that. And uh, well, tell her I said I'm glad I didn't put her to sleep. No, 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 no. Actually, you've been being quoted about every week now. You know, Coach L said this. You know, Coach L believes in this. So it, 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 it's working. You've you've got a, tu- a, a student there. Let it, Coach, let's go back to Isaiah Wong. 
how how talk about the development of him and how, what he came in at, and then you got a guy that that had the game winner in the in his last ball game. Talk about his development. Well, Isaiah Isaiah Wong is from New Jersey. He played high school basketball in Philadelphia in a very good league. Uh, he played for We Are One, the AAU program that is uh, uh, sponsored uh, by Under Armour. And we had a chance to watch him play on the Under Armour circuit for a couple of years. Adam Fisher, who was my assistant, now the associate head coach at Penn State, he, he saw him, liked him. And so I started following him and really liked that this kid just kept getting better and better. And when he arrived at the University of Miami as a freshman, he only weighed 162 pounds. He was very light for, a, you know, a two guard. And the physicality of the game was not something he was used to. So he got into the weight room, got much stronger during the course of his freshman year. And by the time his sophomore year began, he weighed 184 pounds, mm. was, was really built well, very, very strong, had, had gotten a quicker more agile, uh, increased his vertical jump, and every aspect of his offensive game improved. His shooting, his ball handling, and and he was able to lead us in scoring last year, averaging about 17 a game, and was voted to the all-conference team. This year, coming into the season, it's no surprise, he is uh, the leading returning scorer in the conference, I believe, first or second, and and uh, he was picked preseason first team all ACC. And he's gotten himself off to a good start. Uh, and obviously, we put the ball in his hands at the end of the game and just cleared out that side. And he took the ball to the basket strong, like we said, with the improvement in his strength, and, and basically got to the rim and, and scored uh, for the game winner. Coach, I want to get back to the game in a moment. But uh, on recruiting, you mentioned uh, talking about, in, in talking about Isaiah, uh, when does a guy, when does a player get on your radar? How young? And then how do you go through that process in your mind of projecting what they could be? Because kids develop differently. Some stop growing. Some have tremendous growth spurts. When do they get on your radio, radar? And, and uh, how do you go through that process? Well, Joe, a, a young man who develops a reputation early on, uh, will be on our radar maybe in the sixth or seventh grade. <laughs> wow. Um, uh, the, the local fans should remember Vern Carey. Sure. And Scotty Barnes. We started watching them in the eighth grade and followed them all the way through to their senior year in, in high school. There are, are three outstanding uh, young men, I can't mention them by name, that are in uh, this uh, Miami Coral Gables area that are tremendous prospects. They're in the ninth grade, and my staff and I have been to several workouts at 5.30 in the morning to watch them work out. Hmm. So when you ask how early, as soon as you find out they're good, and then you let them know, you make them aware of your presence and your interest. Coach, when you're when you're scouting a player or you're looking to recruit, do you look for them to? Are you are you satisfied if they're just a one sport athlete? If basketball is only their sport, or or does it pique your interest more if they're involved in other sports? Well, Don, uh, the culture has changed completely 
over the last, I'll say, 25 or 30 years. I would say there are very few multi-sport athletes anymore. Mm. Young kids really do specialize. And the reason they do is AAU basketball. If a young man wants to be a basketball player and he gets involved with an AAU team, they're basically playing basketball year-round because they'll play for their school team during the basketball season. Then in the spring, in April, there's always a bunch of AAU events. And then that leads right into the summer events. And so you stick with your AAU team April, May, June, July, and August. Then school begins again, and you're back with your uh, high school team and playing fall league basketball, and then your regular season begins. So there are very few multi-sport athletes. There are some that play football and basketball, uh, or football, I mean, uh, football and baseball, basketball and baseball, uh, but, but very few nowadays. All right, last night, Coach, you're cruising right along. Uh, obviously, the game ends up close. We uh, went through Isaiah a little bit, but you had a timeout left at the end, and Isaiah took that ball right down the floor. And to me, there was there was no doubt he was going to make that shot. He was calm and poised. How proud were you of the late game execution? Yeah, it was very interesting. I, uh, I looked immediately at who we inbounded the ball to. And had we not inbounded to Isaiah, I probably would have called a timeout and run a play for him. But once we inbounded to him and he started up the floor, I knew he was very, very focused. He was not going to throw the ball to anybody. He was going to score the ball. And he got it perfectly right down to like three, four seconds, made his move, got to the rim, banked it in, and there was only .7 seconds left. And I don't know if you noticed, Joe, but uh, Florida Atlantic's coach called a timeout, and they tried to run a play where we would foul the screener. Did you see it? Well, I saw – I I was watching the the inbounder, and he took off on the baseline. And they sent someone to screen. We had put Dangak in the game. Right. We told them, if the guy throws long from where he touches the ball, you just try to block the pass. But if he starts to run the baseline, it's in all likelihood because they're going to send a screener to screen you. And if you run into it, the referee could call a foul on you. So Dang was smart enough to put pressure on the passer initially. And when he started to run, he knew exactly what we had told him. He stopped, didn't run with him, and the screener was not able to force a foul. Now, I'm pretty sure I did read your lips. I'm pretty sure because I saw you talking to him, and I thought you said to him, watch the foul or don't foul. I saw saw you mouth the word foul, so I was going through in my head, you know, where, where would that come from? Because I knew you were going to put Dang on, on the uh, inbounder. So uh, that was uh, – you, know, you had the hunch, and they did exactly what you, what you thought, and he, and he followed the protocol, which was the good news. Yeah, and Joe – a lot of people will wonder, I think even Bob Wenzel, who did the color commentary, wondered why why we would play Florida Atlantic at Florida Atlantic. And I'd like our listening audience to kind of understand our philosophy and our approach to this. Because what my friends in coaching have said, you have nothing to gain and everything to lose. 
And I just don't agree with that, that point of view. And here's why. I, I coached at a mid-major level, like a Florida Atlantic, when I was coaching at Bowling Green and George Mason. And we always looked for the opportunities to play the high majors, the, the teams from the ACC, the Big Ten, the Big East. And we, we knew that those schools would never come to Bowling Green. So we just went on the road. Uh, we beat Michigan State at Michigan State. We beat Ohio State at Ohio State. We beat Kentucky at Kentucky and Purdue at Purdue. Those are hard games to win. But very few teams, only one, one of those teams would even return the game to Bowling Green, and that was Michigan State. We beat them again when they were the Big Ten champions. So what all high major coaches think is, well, we, we, we don't really gain anything. The way I look at it is we're going to have to play some really tough ACC opponents on their home court. What better way to prepare our players for a hostile environment than to go to a local school? Uh, Florida Atlantic's only an hour north, north of us. Why not go there? There'll be an outstanding crowd. They set the school record for student attendance mm-hmm. last night. And to play in that environment for our team to learn what it's like. Now, if you lose, hey, you lost because you some things you didn't do very well. That gives you a chance to improve them. If you win, it's great, but you still might learn, you know, who is, who is your best players under that kind of environment or in that kind of environment. And that's what we did. That, that was a big win for us yesterday. Uh, we played a great first half, held them to 20 points. And in the second half, they did a great job of shutting us down and scoring the ball. But we, we finished with a win on the road. And I know that will build our players' confidence and make them feel good about themselves moving forward in the season. I'll tell you whose confidence has to be built is uh, Wilga Poplar. He made some big shots for you, including the one in the baseline. Oh, yeah. He had, he had 12 points. He was terrific. Uh, he, he's working on his defense and getting better at that. Uh, but he's, he's going to be an outstanding player. Joe, I, you were there. You saw the environment. I, I think it's great for, for college. Oh, yeah, yeah. Basketball. You know what? Those kind of rivalry games with local schools. First of all, it was, uh, I think they had somewhere between 2,500 and 3,000. It was all the way to the Raptors. They filled it all the way up. You, Your team, your presentation, uh, the way you bring your team and the way you carry your team looks very professional, like an ACC team. So it looked like a big event with you, with your team coming in there. Uh, I loved everything about the way you presented your team last night. And for, for them, for FAU, their crowd was very much into it. And I thought your players enjoyed playing in that environment. In addition to when it did get close, uh, I didn't see any panic on, on your players. I thought it was good for them to be in that environment. And I thought guys like Wilga played well and Jordan Miller didn't score, but he had a couple of big rebounds, and you could see Cam searching for ways to help the team. But I thought the environment was great, and I thought uh, the way you guys went in there uh, really added to it. I, I absolutely agree with that, and it's what we hoped for. Now, understand this: this is this is also one of those arrangements where 
uh, Florida Atlantic had agreed to come to the University of Miami to the Watsco Center twice. So this is what is called a two for one. <laughs> so they came they came to Miami to the Watsco Center and played on our home court two years in a row, and then we had to return the game once, and that was last night. So I think I think uh, Florida Atlantic is happy. I think they feel like they they played well and and uh, uh, didn't embarrass themselves against an ACC opponent. Uh, but they also probably learned a lot about their team playing against somebody like us. And now we got to move on and get ready for Sunday's game. It's an unusual Sunday night at eight o'clock. I don't think I, I can ever remember playing a Sunday night game at eight o'clock, Joe. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm going to need some coffee. <laughs> you just, no, you need a nap. <laughs> you need a nap on a Sunday. Nap. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you had some good news last week. Uh, this year you have three new players, three freshmen. Last week you added to that recruiting class, and so you are back recruiting high-level players. Yeah, Joe, I think all of the fans who follow us very closely know we went through a rough time uh, totally out of our control for the last two or three years. And, and now we're back headed in the right direction. We were very fortunate uh, to get four commitments, four outstanding student-athletes who signed national letters of intent uh, to become freshmen at the University of Miami next year. And starting with Christian Watson, an outstanding guard out of uh, St. John's College High School in Washington, D.C., about 6'6", 195 pounds, very versatile, reminds me of a Davon Reed, very, very similar to Davon. And then we, we also uh, signed a big man from that area. Favor Ari is 6'10", athletic, reminds us of Buka Azundu, uh, that kind of athlete, that kind of, of uh, touch around the basket. He's a better three-point shooter than, than Buka was, but the same kind of, of uh, athlete in terms of, of run-and-jump talent. Uh, he's also from Nigeria, uh, but he came to the United States and, and goes to McNamara High School in Washington, D.C., plays in the best high school basketball league probably in the country. And those two guys, Christian Watson and Favor Airy, are friends. Uh, they get along. They're looking forward to being teammates. And then Bill Courtney, my other assistant, my, my, my assistant for many years, uh, went to the Midwest, his, his old stomping grounds. He was an assistant at DePaul for a while, uh, and that's how we got Charlie Moore out of DePaul. And uh, he went into Chicago and got us involved with A.J. Casey, uh, a young man that's about 6'8 or 9, uh, very versatile, very athletic, and, uh, he, he, he's got the defensive potential of a Kamari Murphy, uh, but the, the offensive skills of, of like a, a Lonnie Walker or a Isaiah Wong. So he's, he's going to be a great addition. And then um, we, st- we, we signed a young man out of Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Um, he is uh, about 6'7". Six, six, uh, he's his name is Danilo Jovanovic, and uh, he's he's one of those guys that's kind of a 
jack of all trades and master of none. Uh, he reminds me of a young man named Luke Hancock. Oh, yeah. Who played for us at George Mason, a versatile kid. When we signed Luke, uh, he, we signed six recruits that year, and we thought he was the sixth best. Five other guys were better than him, and it turned out he was the best player of them all. Uh, when we left to come to Miami, he transferred to Louisville and led them to the national championship, and he was named the most outstanding player in the Final Four. So Danilo has that kind of potential. He's just a, a glue guy, smart basketball player, and it fits very, very well with the other three recruits. So uh, the top uh, recruiting classes have rated us 17th in the country in our recruiting class, and we're not done yet, Joe. Well, by the way, uh, before, I guess we'll just call it the incident, uh, the University of Miami at home for three seasons was 40-6 and six and 22-5 and five against the ACC in three seasons at home. And if you go 22-5, and five, uh, you are going to the NCAA tournament. When you win your home games against conference opponents. By the way, I meant to tell you this last night in the locker room. Uh, I have a book for you. Oh, what is it? Suli. It's called Suli. It's about a Nigerian basketball player. Written by John oh. Grisham. Suli. And John Grisham wrote it? Yes, he did, yeah. You'll appreciate it because there's a part of the book where Suli leads his team to a victory over Duke. <laughs> <laughs> but you, know, you know, Grisham's a Virginia guy, but it's about the, 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 uh, how Suli goes from Nigeria and comes to the United States and becomes a basketball player. Well, there's a lot of kids coming in from other countries to play in college basketball now. And, and Joe, one of the, the um, I'd say, major challenges for all college coaches, I know we've had this challenge, so many new faces, so many new guys on your roster trying to develop the chemistry and the bond between the players. Think about it. Last night, Joe, you would look at our team and say, oh, we're very experienced. Charlie Moore is in his sixth year. Isaiah Wong is in his third year. Cam Augusti's in his sixth year. Sam Wardenberg's in his sixth year. And Rodney Miller's in his sixth year. But listen to this. Charlie Moore was not on our team last year. Sam Wardenberg sat, sat out last year with an injury, didn't play at all. Rodney Miller had a, a season-ending injury, didn't play. So 60% of our starting lineup did not play on our roster last year. So it's like we have new guys. They're trying to develop uh, a chemistry, uh, a way of getting on the same page and playing well together. And then add to that the freshmen who came in off the bench. Uh, they were not on our roster last year. Uh, Bensley Joseph, our backup point guard, and Wooga Poplar, our backup two guard. You know, those guys are new. Add Jordan Miller, who had been a starter and was a sub last night. He's brand new. So six of our top top uh, eight guys were not on our team last year. So even though we're experienced, it, we are experienced in that guys have been in college, but inexperienced in playing with each other. So that's why last night was so important, Joe. They got a chance to play well together from start to finish and win a close game. Yeah, and I'll wrap it up with this. I thought, maybe I'm wrong, but I thought all those guys you just mentioned – 
all dug down deep, very unselfish. I thought maybe their numbers weren't great. Maybe it was shooting or whatever, uh, whatever column you want to pick. But I thought each guy tried to find some way to contribute. Uh, Jordan Miller, a couple of big rebounds at the end. I thought Charlie Moore showed a lot of fight. Walker came off the bench. I just thought guys tried to find any way to contribute last night. And I'd agree with that, Joe and and Don. You guys, you follow us closely. You, you know what our uh, program is all about, the culture that we have built over the 10-plus years that my staff and I have been here. You know, I, I love coaching these kids. They're working hard. I, you know, we're not a super talented team. I think with the addition of the four kids that are coming next year, we take a major step back in the right direction. It's like we got Lonnie Walker and Bruce Brown coming, you know, and when you have NBA prospects coming into your program, uh, your future looks bright. All right, Coach, I'll see you Sunday for Miami and FAMU at the Watsco Center. Okay, thanks, Joe and Don. Talk to you. Good okay. night, Coach. All right, that's uh, Jim Laranega. Join us when we come back. Katie Meyer will be with us. Let me talk to you for a moment about Williamson Buick GMC. Ed Williamson, his lovely wife, Carol. If you haven't seen some of the new GMCs at Williamson, let me tell you what you're missing. You can choose from the GMC Yukon. It has been coined as the boldest, most impressive Yukon ever. I mean, ever. Boldest, most impressive Yukon ever. Or the GMC Sierra. It has top-level engineering. It has capability that are just incredible. Then there's the 2022 GMC Canyon with its powerful and innovative features that are engineered and built for all of your adventures. Who doesn't love an adventure? If you're on an adventure, you need a canyon. Don't miss out any longer. Visit their state-of-the-art facility, conveniently located at US-1 and 104th Street, just south of the Palmetto Expressway, or... Online at WilliamsonAutomotiveGroup.com. Williamson Buick GMC, your premier luxury dealership. Williamson is Miami. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.